Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to be checking in on our reading year so far. 2023 is, you know, we're two weeks into the second half, two or three weeks into the second half of 2023. So we just wanted to check in and talk about some books that we would like to get to more than others, what we've been reading, how we've been doing with our reading list. So Gail, have you been reading anything lately? Yeah. I mean, I was doing some traveling in June that really slowed me down. I thought I was going to have more time to read than I did sort of story of my life, but I've, I've read a couple since we last talked and some that are probably worth mentioning. So I, I read yellow face, which yeah, it was good. So when I was in LA, I went to a couple of independent bookstores and I bought a couple of books while I was there. And one of the ones I picked up was yellow face. So for those of you who don't know what yellow face is, it's kind of been all over the place. It's a book about a woman. She's a writer. She's written like one novel that didn't really get much attention. And she's very, well, she's friends with, she wouldn't say she's very good friends with, she's friends with a former classmate who's this Asian woman who has written a couple of books that have gotten tons of acclaim. And she's, you know, this kind of literary darling and she's beautiful and willowy and slightly mysterious. And the woman, the friend June is very jealous of her friend's success and and i'm not i'm not spoiling anything by telling you this the 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 friend with all the success they're t- kind of together one night at the friend's apartment and she chokes and dies like in front of her so june our protagonist sees that there's a an almost finished manuscript sitting on her desk and it's type typed as opposed to on a computer it's like an old fashioned typewriter So there's no digital record of it. She's never sent it to anybody. It's literally just sitting there, the one and only copy. And June is like, what do I do? And she sort of impulsively grabs it and then passes it off as her own and gets a bunch of success for it. So that's kind of the the premise of the book. It sounds a little bit like the plot by Jean Hanf-Karellitz. But this one is a little, well, I don't know, they're both pretty dark and, and stressful, but you know, this one is a lot about publishing, about, you know, who owns a story about, oh, and June is white and her friend is Asian. So the, and the book is about, it's kind of historical fiction about China. So the question is like, does she have the right to tell this story? And it kind of sends up publishing and talks about like, just sort of bookstagram and social media and, and advances. I mean, it's kind of that whole world. And it's very stressful because the question of course is, is she going to get caught? and what will happen to her. <laughs> and it's definitely a good read. Like, it's hard to put it down. Ooh. So, yeah, I liked it. I, I would recommend it. I've been and, uh, that. Didn't Reese pick that for her book club? I think so. I think recently. Yeah, I think you're right. Reese or Jenna, one of them. I think you're right. I think it was Reese. I'm sure this is going to be made into a movie someday. I mean, it's very, it, it really, have. it Reese grabs you. It she might have already bought the rights or something. Yeah, probably she has. So actually, she's really savvy that way. Buy the rights, then make that your book club pick so that everyone reads it and then they're excited to see the movie. Yeah, very smart. she's creating your own audience. Yeah, she's very smart that way. So I, yeah, I recommend it. I think I gave it four, 
four or four and a half stars. So I think it, it was definitely worth it. And I did it on audio. I thought the narrator was really good. And then I just read the new book from Christine Pride and Joe Piazza, You Were Always Mine, which kind of like their last book, which was, right, which was about like a, a shooting, a police shooting. This one also has kind of like that same sort of like white black timeline. So this is a book about a woman who, a black woman living in Maryland. Where did they live? Maryland. Yeah, the Maryland. And she is kind of casually friends with this woman that she meets every Friday at the park where they go and eat lunch on this park bench, who's white, a young white woman. And one day, a cinnamon, that's a black woman, was sitting at her the place where they usually meet. And the, and the white woman hasn't shown up for a little while. And all of a sudden, she hears a sound, and it's a baby. So this baby has been left very strategically so that cinnamon will find it. And then there's a note in it. So you discover that the baby is, is the, the baby of the, of the white woman who has now disappeared. And so Cinnamon takes the baby in and then wants to keep the baby. And then there's all kinds of challenges with that. Like, you know, is she going to get custody? Like, is she going to get awarded? Can she be the foster parent? You know, are there, can they find the mother and all this stuff? So it's, and then, and, you know, it touches on like what happens if a black woman wants to, adopt a white baby. Like it's very often the other way around. So I thought it was just okay. Like it, it, there's a, I feel like it kind of just scratched the surface of what it could have done with this book. Like it was, it, it was, it felt too superficial for the subject matter. Like I, they do a nice job of writing together and, and incorporating multiple perspectives. And they did that with their first book and they did that with this one. And it's not that it's badly written. It just, it seemed to me to be a little bit too simplistic and a little bit rushed. Like, I don't know. It was fine. I also really hate the title. Like these, these books that have these like sort of phrases, like you are always mine. I can never remember what I can, like I have trouble remembering the title. Oh yeah. That's why I have such trouble remembering the name of Rebecca Mackay's latest book. Yeah. I have some questions for you. I agree. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They're too generic. Sounding. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad I read it, but I didn't love it. Like, I don't know if I'd highly recommend it. You read the other one too, you said? I did. And I'm just blanking on what it was called. And how do they stack up? I think I like the first one better. And is that saying anything since you didn't really like this one? (laughs) I'm looking it up right now what the other one was called and what I thought of it. We Are Not Like Them. Again, another really forgettable title. We Are Not Like Them and You Were Always Mine. Those are their two titles. I'm going to recommend that maybe they... Said I said it felt pretty realistic. It's a good. I thought the book was a good start. Yeah, I think I liked the other one better. It felt more. And I will say this about both books: they kind of do grow on you. Like you get a little more entrenched, or you, it gets deeper as you go along. Like it feels more heft and more significant as the chapters go by. So I, I felt that way about both of these books. But I think I would like the first one. I would recommend the first one over the second. Okay. Yeah. And I just started, I just started Page Boy, which is the memoir by Ellen Page. Sorry, Elliot Page by Elliot Page, who is the, used to be Ellen Page, who is the trans actor who is in Juno. And this is his memoir about his life and coming out as both queer and trans. 
So I've just started it. So don't know how you feel. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can tell already it's not a linear memoir. Like it doesn't start at his, the beginning of his life. Oh, I grew up in Canada and I started going into acting. It's like going to be much more vignette So like each chapter has a theme and a little vignette about something in his life. And he tries to put context in like, you know, he places it at the beginning of the chapter. So, you know, okay, is this before or after he came out as trans? Is this before or after his acting success? But yeah, it's good so far. It's, it, it's going to be, I think it'll be interesting. I feel like I've heard lots of good stuff about that book. Yeah. It's a very arresting title. I mean, cover, like it's a picture of him with like a, like a white tank and very muscly, very masculine. Like it was, it, that, that covers a, a, quite a statement. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, you know, considering seeing the movies before the transition and mm-hmm. like what were their experiences like? I have mm-hmm. a feeling that's probably going to be an enjoyable one. Yeah. How about you? So I am kind of a little bit stalled. I've been reading for a while, Tastes Like War, and I've been able to dedicate a little bit more time to it. It's by Grace M. Cho. I really like this book because it kind of combines this woman who is recovering and she's like always used writing in order to talk about her mother's schizophrenia and, you know, like basically the three mothers that she's had in her life, you know, one, this was pre her symptoms and diagnosis where she was just like really involved. They are Korean. Her mom is a Korean immigrant who's married to a white man. And so there's all of this about her assimilation or her trying to assimilate assimilate into a culture. I think they're living in the Midwest or the Pacific, maybe it's the Pacific Midwest, Seattle, Portland, something like that, but on the outskirts somewhere that is, you know, not, does not have as many Korean immigrants. So just like the isolation that her mother feels and how it may have precipitated, you know, her diagnosis later on. And then, you know, so then there's also the second mother she experienced, the one who was schizophrenic. And then there is a third mother who emerges, you know, basically once they have figured out what's going on and she's been in treatment and basically decides to live her life as a recluse. But this woman, Grace, concentrates on writing about, like, she's looking for the origin story, like what happened to her mother when she was over in Korea, what informed her choices. And she's also exploring like her relationship with her mother through food and like, you know, cooking these recipes and trying to remember, you know, the, the dishes her mother made for her, like the concession she made in terms of food preparation, just because, you know, she's in Midwest America and like, I guess, dealing with such a bland palate, but I don't know. I really like it. It's just like investigating a lot of things, you know, growing up in a basically a xenophobic town, you know, her mother immigrates, I believe, right after the Korean War. So just like all of these traumas in her life and like how they may have informed the diagnosis just because, you know, people's environment is really can be a factor with some illnesses. So that's very good. And I have not, you know, me reading it slowly has nothing to do with how good it is because it is really good. Okay. 
Then I got interested. I heard about this book and this is like a little book news situation too, because I, you know, I don't know, Gail, if you've been following what happened with Elizabeth Gilbert withdrawing oh, yes. her book. I did a little bit. Yeah. Because it took place in Russia. Right. Even though it was like <laughs> a very different time period in Russia and this, that, and the other, but she withdrew it. And I, I also saw, you know, some art, article that was basically discussing, you know, the privilege of some authors being able to withdraw their work. You know, she, of course, published Eat, Pray, Love, which led to a movie. She's, you know, done other nonfiction. And so she's an established writer. Like she is a a name that's known. So for her to be able to do that when, you know, maybe a debut author or whatever, you just kind of have to like go with the punches. But one of the things that also came up in this, like one of the precipitating factors was the fact that on Goodreads, people can review books before they come out and oftentimes, you know, can just like leave one star reviews without having read a book or for things other than the book's merit. And, you know, I think Elizabeth Gilbert, when she start, I don't know, she got, seems like she got thousands of like one star reviews mm. when it was discovered that her book was about Russia. And so there was this other author, Cecilia Rappas, who wrote Everything's Fine, who kind of experienced the same thing. Because her novel is about, you know, a black woman who is working. She has a job as an analyst at Goldman Sachs. And one of her coworkers, who she also went to college with, is very conservative. And they become involved in a relationship. So it's like examining this relationship when people are on two different, you know, they're on opposite ends of the political spectrum. And just how she, you know, was getting a lot of one-star reviews because just like this, you know, there's a book about a black woman being with a racist or whatever, just judging it based on not its merits and not whether it tells this story well, but just lots of one-star reviews that of course, first day sales for first week sales and pre-orders are just really important to a debut author when they have a book coming out. I mean, anyway, if you have a book coming out, I think pre-orders are just like one of the most important things. And of course the first couple of weeks that it's out, is just really crucial to capture an audience. So that was very interesting to me. So I picked up the book to read it. I'm a little stuck with it because I just feel like the main character is so juvenile. She is right out of college. You know, she's like 23 but still, I just kind of feel like I'm reading a YA novel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the depth yet. She just seems to, like, she's very much an activist and flies off the handle a lot, it seems. Or, I don't know. So, a little bit stuck with that part. I am seeing flashes that maybe there will be some maturity with her. And so, I'll report back on whether that turns out to have been a dud or not. And then I'm also still reading Rootless. Oh, yeah. I have that book. Is it good? It's good. It's slow. I mean, it's not, it has not been like, oh my gosh, I have to finish this. It's a much quieter book. Um, It's by Crystal Zara Appia. So it's, it's a much quieter book about this woman who basically did not want to be a mother, but she, you know, she and her partner, they do have a daughter. And she just really is trying to figure out whether the life that she's chosen is the one that she wants. She didn't think that she wanted. She loved this man, loved her child, but she's at a crossroads in her life. And it examines just, it pops into 
a year into their relationship with each other and it starts from the beginning. So you know in the beginning of the book that he ha- that she has left her and he's trying to figure out where she is, trying to get some communication started. And then it just goes back to the beginning of the relationship and it, you know, each chapter advances you forward, more forward into their relationship to when they marry and have a child and then she kind of flees. So that's what I've been up to. And I'm still listening to Hedge on audio. Mm, I love the cover of that book. It's just, yeah. Hedge close up. They went for the. Right. Literal. The literal. Okay. Well, that's good. So any thoughts on your reading? How are you doing with (sighs) your challenge goal? Challenge goal. I'm, I'm short. I'm, I'm not there. So I've read 31 books. So I'm on track for my usual, like low to mid sixties. And this is the year I was hoping I'd get to 70. You know, it's just like, it's the same thing that we talk about every week. It's just like life gets in the way. You know, I, I wish that I were reading more and it's not even necessarily a time thing. I think it's more of a headspace, just distraction, you know, other things happening in my life that are, either stressing me out or occupying me or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not finding like reading to be the respite that sometimes it is. And then of course there's TikTok, which I really should just freaking take off my phone. (laughs) Cause sometimes I'll get in bed and I'm like, Oh, now I can read for 20 minutes. And I'm like, but I could also go on TikTok (laughs) and TikTok always wins. Uh, So, you know, I, I wish I were reading more, but I also know sometimes I can't really force it. Like I, I'm either in the headspace or I'm not. And so if, when I try to force it, it just, it ends up not working. I think that one thing I've decided for the rest of the summer is to try to lighten up the reading a little bit. Like I've been reading a lot of heavy stuff, if not heavy, then at least negative or stressful or tense or just bad people. And I think that maybe what I need to do to counter like weightiness in my own head is to try to read some lighter stuff. So I have like, I don't know, 10 library books sitting here. And a couple of them are romances or just light summary fare. And I think I might try to lean on that a little bit for the next like month or so, just to see if that gets me going. Which romances attracted your attention? Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to grab them and I'm going to tell you what they are. Hold on. All right. So here's like three romances sitting right here. Okay. One's called That Summer Feeling by Bridget Morrissey which I think it's going to be a lesbian romance about like some woman who she gets divorced and then she goes to this summer camp, but like for grownups. And then I think like, I think there may be a lesbian romance there. I mean, just judging by the cover, which has two women on it, this seems pretty obvious. (laughs) Then there's a book called the wife app. Okay. This is probably not a romance, but it's about, let's see an app that creates like a wife. Like it, it creates, it's supposedly an app that like takes the mental load off of women. All right. So this isn't a romance, but this looks light and possibly funny. That sounds interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Okay. Here's the, here's the, what the, the dust jacket says. Lauren, mother of twins, wakes up one morning when her wife alarm bells sounding to her wife alarm bells sounding. She sleuths on her husband's phone, stumbles on a dirty secret that explodes her marriage. Her friend Madeline has it all, a penthouse apartment, a perfect daughter, and a no-strings-attached no romps with handsome men. When she learns she might lose her child to an ex in England, it stirs up a decades-old personal tragedy. 
Meanwhile, Sophie, with too much FOMO and never enough money, obsesses over her ex-husband's family, all while keeping her true desires hidden. It starts as a joke during a tipsy night out as Lauren, Madeline, and Sophie rail against everything wives do for free. Let's build an app that monetizes the mental load and maybe get revenge on our exes in the process. Soon the wife app is born, and before long, it's the fastest growing startup in New York City. But then life intervenes, ex-husbands intervene, and the consequences are bigger than anything they could have expected. Hmm. Yeah. Roller coaster ride of revenge and redemption that sends oh. up modern marriage. Yeah, that sounds kind of good. All right, business or pleasure? Here's the next one. <laughs> oh, this is about a woman who's a ghostwriter, mm-hmm. and she ghostwrites for some man, and then they hook up. Oh, no, she meets a man at the bar after the book signing for one of her books. They hook up, but then, of course, I think it turns out her next project is to be ghostwriting. His book? Yeah, his book, or something like that. Yes, he was there. He's the one-night stand. So that's like, I mean, you know where this is going. Shades of Grey's, Ana- Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I don't, I never watched Grey's Anatomy. So in in the very first episode, Meredith Grey hooks up with De- Derek Shepard, who is McDreamy in there. Right. And, you know, kicks him out of her apartment, has to get ready to go to work. And of course he is her attending when she shows up. <laughs> of course. Right. So I think I need some lighter fare just to like cleanse the palate, just to kind of be a little bit of a respite for me. So anyway, that's, that's where I am. So I'm at 31. I I have only got two five star books of the year so far. And one of them was spare. And one of them was, Oh no, I have three, sorry. I have three five star books. One was spare. One was the light pirate, which was a very heavy, climate fiction dystopian book that I read in May, which I thought was really good. No, I read it in February, sorry, which I thought was really good. And then Romantic Comedy by Curtis Infeld. Those have been my th- my three five-star books. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like I just need to like lighten things up and just get in a better space for reading. That's a about- good plan. Those, those seem like good starts. Mm-hmm. I and I've got other ones did a lot of that. And I feel like it shifted my reading from mostly literary fiction to, you know, literary fiction and kind of like literary mysteries or just mystery thrillers. Yeah. Seemed to be where I went in order to like, or just read something lighter and just more, something more engaging. That's going to, you know, you just, you just need those page turners. Like less work. That are like designed to be page turners. Yeah. I'm also reading right now a kind of a true, it's it's fiction, but it's a crime mystery thing, which is so unlike me. Um, I know. I know. And it has another one of those ridiculous titles. It's uh, (laughs) you can't remember. It's why am I blanking on it? That book is upstairs. It's all that is mine. I take with me. What is it? Hold on. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It's okay. Wait. It's, it's the guy who wrote defending Jacob. Oh, okay. All that is mine, I carry with me. Thank you. Yes, that's it. All that is mine, I carry with me. And it's about like a a guy who's a woman, a wife disappears in like the 70s. And the husband is the prime suspect, but they they can never get enough evidence to prove that he did it. And then this is like 
30 years later, a classmate of one of the kids in the the wife's kids sort of revisits it. He writes a book about it and he's revisiting it and trying to kind of reconstruct what happened and interview starts interviewing the detective and the kids and the, and the, and the suspect, the father is now sort of starting to become, starting to have dementia and stuff. So it's just sort of reopens the whole thing. And it's definitely like grabs me. Like I should be able to just sit down and knock that one out. You read Defending Jacob, right? I did not. Oh, you didn't? No. Did you watch the, the show on Apple TV? No. Should I? What is, I don't even know what it's about. It is, it's kind of one of those parent dramas where their son Jacob is accused of a crime. Like a boy is found murdered in a park. And so it's all about Jacob and, you know, his family, of course, is trying to get him, you know, the, the best care. But it is kind of like a, did he or did he not do this thing? Hmm. Okay. How, did you watch the series too? I did. I enjoyed it. I want to get, before we get to what you're reading and your things for the year, I just want to mention one other thing. Mm-hmm. I just last night watched like four episodes of a show that is adapted from a book. So it's kind of literary. So I can, I can mention one more thing, which is it's called, the wait, the big, the big, the big prize. God, why am I blanking on everything? I'm just, something is wrong with my brain today. It's this series about this little town, and this machine shows up, and you can go up to, it and it's supposed to tell you what your life's potential is. Like you put your your hands on it, and it spits out a little card, and it tells you like what it's it's adapted from a book by this person's name mo walsh or something yeah the big door prize by mo walsh so he wrote this book and now it is it's a series and on apple tv and it has chris o'dowd in it who's an actor that i adore he's this irish actor (laughs) he's just very funny and it's just about like how like this little thing this little card that has you know comes out with some sort of thing how it kind of unearths in everybody like these hidden or suppressed dreams of like what they want to be or who they want to who they wish they were, what they gave up in, you know, earlier in their lives, what they're kind of settling for. And each episode sort of delves into a different person. So it's a little weird, but I've, I've, I've liked it so far. Wait, what's so, the name of it again? The Big Door Prize. The Big Door Prize. Okay. Yeah. Apple TV. Now check that out. I think yeah. I'm going to get yellow face today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so good. All that All is right. mine I carry with me. <laughs> so, so tell me about yours and how is your year shaping up? You've you've hinted throughout the, the spring that you're feeling a little behind as far as like your usual pace. Have you managed to kind of catch up, or are you? Where are you with things? No, I mean I feel like I started out really strong, which is why I I've read like twenty three books so far this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's telling it's me I'm nine behind from my sixty. Okay. But, you know, that's one of those numbers that I, I don't think is really real. It'll just take one week because I'm close on some things. I've been listening to some things and just really kind of going with the flow. Like, you know, if something isn't catching me, just moving on to something else and coming back to it when I'm just more in the headspace for whatever, you know, if I'm reading something heavier or anything like that. So I'm just making adjustments like that. So I'm not scared that I won't. You're not in panic mode. No, I'm not in panic mode. I feel like it's just like you have to read nine books to make your goal. But I just feel like I'm so within reach with a lot. That's just 
you know, I don't have too much going on this weekend, thankfully. So this might be a big reading weekend for me. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think. So I don't know if I've discussed this on the show in terms of, I think this is one of my five, five star reads. It's a book called Deli Wed's Destiny mm. by Tony Obaro. And I read that and I really, I really enjoyed it. I think that this was on my list maybe last year when we came, I think it might've come out. No, it looked like, it looks like it was published in June of last year. And I remember this as like being one of the books that I wanted to read and just have not until June of this year. So I really liked it. I would caution anyone like Deli Wed's Destiny. It is, it's really not about this wedding. I think it's one of those books where the title and maybe the jacket are a little bit misleading. And it's like this just much quieter story about these three friends who have known each other since college. And shortly after college, they don't meet again as a group. Like this is set in Nigeria. One of them marries a white man and she moves to Boston maybe. So, or Connecticut, but anyway, so she moves away. And so they have not seen each other since college, like since shortly after their college graduation. And they are coming together because one of them, you know, the do- their, her daughter is getting married. So it's just really like this interesting examination of these women's friendships and how it's affected you know, their children and how they consider motherhood. You know, it's just a really good book about female friendship. And what I really loved about it is that it's set in Nigeria and it does not have the Western gaze about it. Like, some of the food that they mention, if you want to know what they're talking about, you'll need to like look it up. You know, sometimes they tell you, sometimes they don't, but it it does feel like, you know, if you are familiar with Nigeria or if you've been or you're from there, it has that feel of this is accurate for this country and how these people see themselves and how they interact with the world, as opposed to, I think, when we're looking at immigrant stories, they're more about the reactions with, you know, the United States and its people and how things are different. So it was just really good to see these women experience themselves as they would experience themselves in their own culture without kind of like just how they talk about food, how they talk about sex, you know, religion, just everything is just so focused. And I really appreciated that. I think I have that book upstairs. I don't remember how, how or when I got it, but I think I have it. But yeah, so it is just really focused on their friendships. It starts out with you getting to see them as they reunite and you kind of see their present circumstances. And then the second half of the book really delves into what happened, you know, how their relationships formed in college and how some events, you know, in Nigerian history have shaped who they are and the choices they've made. So, but I do think the cover and the title definitely suggest, oh, this is going to be a light, you know, maybe comic about people getting married and it's not. Mm-hmm. What have been your standout reads so far this year? So that was one of them. I really did like counterfeit on audio. Mm. And I remember hello, beautiful quite a bit. So interesting. If I pass a physical therapist's office, I will remember the character of William <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. night crawling by Leela Motley. That mm-hmm. was, that was a really good read. Definitely darker and with heft, but I really, really love that one. 
I think those are my standouts. What Happened to Ruthie Ramirez by Claire Jimenez. That was also really good. And I read Anna Winter's biography this year. Did you like it? And I liked it. Even though biographies can tend to be a bit you know, speculative and pieced together, it's, it's still interesting how she, how she operates. Mm-hmm. So I think like you, I will, I'm going to be trying to balance, continue to balance the light, the light with the dark in terms of reading for lack of better yeah. words. Yeah. I think sometimes when like you listen to too many or read and, or listen to too many heavy weighty stuff, like, it feels like you're taking on like yet another person's problems. Like it can just be, it can just be a little bit much. Like, I, I don't know. I often, I, I sort of tend to gravitate towards heavy books about sad topics just because I find them compelling and more, you know, they have more staying power and they seem more sort of more meaningful to me sometimes, but there are other times when it it just becomes too much. Like I just can't like take on another difficult situation. Right. Yeah. And we really have to balance that. Yeah, for sure. Are you watching anything good? I, so I'm watching Hijack with Idris Elba. That's the one where he's like, he's a negotiator and he finds himself on a plane with hijackers. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I've been enjoying that. I'm trying to think what bookish I was not able to get into the, gosh, I can't remember. Jennifer Garner's in this. Oh, the last thing he told me. Yes. I think I watched two or three episodes and I just wandered away from it and just did not go back to it. I mean, that's kind of not surprised. Like that's how I feel about the book. Right. It's just basically like I was trying to get into it, but you know, she's trying to her relationship to summarize the plot. Woman marries man. He comes with a teenage daughter. They do not get along. He disappears and leaves them a bag of a lot of money and tells her, you know, says in a note, you've got to protect her. So they do not like each other and they embark on this journey to figure out, you know, what has happened to him. Is this something that they can handle? Will they ever see him again? They don't know, but they want to get to the bottom of this because he's just walked out and disappeared and left his daughter. And so basically a lot of the series is just, you know, them getting into little fights and just she's running around worried, trying to see where the daughter has stormed off to. And, and then just like, a lot of the elements of this were just really implausible. You know, they get into some memory stuff where the crux of solving, you know, this mystery or whatever hinges on this little girl's attendance at a wedding <laughs> like 12 years ago and somehow yeah. she remembers something from when she was three. So it's just. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it's like very, it hinges on a really, really flimsy little connection. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So ultimately it just was not holding my attention. Yeah. So I let that go. Got it. Do you have any shows that you're looking forward to coming up? There is, there's stuff coming up that there's adaptations. Well, All the Light We Cannot See is coming out this fall, I think. Although, you going to watch knows? it? I guess, I guess so. Who's, who's starring in that? Is there anyone famous that we know in it? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of, there's just a lot of adaptations and things coming out. Let's see. All the light we cannot see. Netflix. So it looks like it's going to be Netflix. 
And well, I know Mark Ruffalo, Hugh Laurie. Right. Uh, there's an actress listed first, Aria Mia Loberti. I assume she will play the the blind Marie. daughter. Yeah. Marie Lore, I think was her name. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. I don't know. That was such a compelling. I thought that was a great book. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of adaptations coming out. But nothing that I've been like particularly had my eye on. Yeah. Well, pretty soon we will be looking at what's going to be coming out in in the fall. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Those lists are already starting to come out. You know, the back half of the year, the 30 books you must read in the second half of 2023. Mm -hmm. So I have filed those away. I haven't really started delving into those yet. I'm waiting until we get to an episode to do that. Maybe that should be our next show. Either that or vacation reading. Well, I mean, we'll still be in July, so. Yeah, that's true. Beginning of August. So we'll we'll next time gather up some things that we might want to get to on vacation. And I think Gail and I have some travel coming up. So we'll be sharing what we want to read on vacation. Um, right. All right. Well, it sounds like we're we're both at like a decent place for the middle of the year. Could be better, but could be a lot worse. <laughs> Yeah. No one has fallen out of reach yet. Of, of yeah, anything. exactly. Nothing, nothing can't be, it's not too late for anything. All right. Well, we will, we'll be back with like Nicole said, a vacation reads, and then we're going to take a little hiatus in August because we're both going to be traveling. And then we'll be back in the fall with lots of fall reading to share <laughs> and upcoming releases. Um, oh, are you going to read the Britney Spears memoir? Do you think? I don't know. Are you? Probably. That sounds interesting to me, just given her crazy life. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of tempted to read that. I think it comes out in October. Oh, yeah. That's when they release all the celebrity memoirs. I'm surprised yeah. they release Elliot Page's early. Yeah. Maybe that was a Pride Month tie-in. Oh, maybe. Because yeah. they usually leave those for October. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, all right. Well, until, until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. 